This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, listen. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Listeners, friendly reminder that we now have a Patreon. If you like what you hear, you can support the pod. Each week, we release video casts of the episodes, mini bonus episodes, reviews of clips submitted by subscribers, behind-the-scenes content, merch discounts, thirst traps, and more. Support our work for as low as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash girlsonporn. Welcome to Girls on Porn. I'm Rachel. I'm Laura. And we love porn. This is our porn review podcast. We talk about what we love and we roast what we hate. Helping you find hot, ethical, just plain better porn for your spank bank. And we're looking at everything. Before we introduce the topic, we have a gushy little segment for you today. 69 Seconds of Sex News. We've pulled headlines from the news to keep you informed and horny. Here we go. A study recently took a look at penises from nearly 90 countries to find which nation's men have the largest average erect penis size. Ecuador came in first place with 6.93 inches, followed by Cameroon and Bolivia. America came in 60th with an average of 5.35 inches, and the UK was 68, which... 5.75. We need to do a centimeter conversion for that measurement. The researchers also found no correlation between height and penis size. Time to find a short Ecuadorian king. In other dick news, the first topical gel to treat erectile dysfunction has been approved by the FDA for over-the-counter use. The single-dose tube works by, quote, stimulating blood flow in the penis through a unique physical cooling then warming effect. Cool. Now how about that male birth control? Johns Hopkins University recently faced backlash after using the phrase non-man to describe lesbians. In a glossary of LGBTQ plus terms published by the university, they defined lesbian as a non-man attracted to non-men. The intention was to be inclusive of non-binary individuals, but instead it was viewed by many people as an erasure of women. The definition has since been removed from the glossary. There's a new Nepo baby on OnlyFans. Sammy Sheen, the daughter of Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen, made headlines when she referred to herself as a sex worker on TikTok. Followers pointed out that she doesn't do any nudity on OF, so she clarified her statement by saying, I am not a porn star and I don't meet up with people. I don't film myself having sex. The only reason I said I'm a sex worker is because my main source of income comes from OnlyFans. And if people did their fucking research, they would realize that there's multiple forms of sex work. Ugh. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What do you make of that? Like, you know, I think I struggle with the question of where the line for sex work is all the time. Because I don't think it's helpful to be like, oh, putting 
nudie pics online isn't sex work. Uh, like, yeah. I think it's almost better to qualify it as sex work. I because do too. a lot of influencers are doing sex work and trying to, like... Say that they're not? Claim that they're better than thou. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm almost like, yeah, it's fucking sex work because you are monetizing sex. Like, you are monetizing... Exactly. ...sex appeal. You might not be literally fucking on camera, but, like... There's some element of You're that. You're selling something that you is... You sell in your body. Yes, which is sex work. Yeah. I think if more people want to identify with sex workers, the better, Yeah, you know? Yeah. To make it seem like for the rest of the country, the rest of the world, to sort of destigmatize sex work in general. Yeah. I'm happy for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I could see the argument from a, a sex worker's perspective of yeah, like... Of course. They're not doing the work that I'm doing... And, but I think if someone's like, I'm a sex worker because I sell my body. Right. And I want to acknowledge that I'm commodifying that, even if I'm choosing not these, like, not to do these specific kinds of mm-hmm. sex work. I think it just comes with the obligation to, like, if you're going to claim sex work, you better advocate for sex work yes. of all kinds. Yes. I think that's just like the rule that comes with it for me. Yeah. So I guess good honor for saying she's a sex worker. But like, I also hope that she's like props to sex workers that, go the whole nine yards in a different way than I do. Right. I think there's a spectrum, like, to anything. Like, it's, like, people, like, kind of claiming the... or identifying as queer when, like, they've never Mm -hmm. been in, like, a queer relationship. You know? Like... Yeah. It's... Well, yeah. I mean, the the distinction there is that sexuality is about impulse and not about, like, having proven that you're something by achieving the act. Sure, sure. Which is different to me, but... It's a similar thing where it's, like, excluding someone or saying, like, you need to earn your stripes yeah. in order to be XYZ. a qualifying thing. Right. Feels problematic. So I, that's the, it's a similar threshold. It's a similar, yeah. Like, it's, like, where yeah. you need to do this in order to say you're this, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think it's, like, the more the merrier. But I've always felt mm-hmm. like that about everything. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, everyone's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely don't want it to take away from the people who do like sex work that's like, you know, out like for work, for work sex work where they're making their livelihood in the streets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a higher risk yeah, for different kinds of sex yeah. work. So yeah, it goes back to being like, I can understand mm-hmm. wanting to be like, you're not doing what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. But the more, yeah, like I think it's, if it, destigmatizes if it like helps like that could be do you think that people who sell feet pics are sex workers i guess it's a great question you know for me i I guess we're are we asking if we're sex workers that's like an important question because i put on we sell thirst traps on our patreon and i'm like yeah essentially nude with just like heart emojis covering my nipples you know what i mean like yeah is that considered sex work like it's a it's a it's razor a great question. Line, you know? It's a razor thin line. It's a very gray area. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't identify as a sex worker for the exact reasons that we just said. We're like, right. I don't feel like I'm taking the level of risk. Yeah, of course. That, that most sex are. workers are. So it's it feels like a badge that I haven't earned. Yeah. But that's funny because I was queer for years and was like, I'm not queer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, felt like I hadn't earned it. Yeah. Using that same, like, metric you were just talking about. So... I think technically it is. It's just like sex working light, you know? Yeah. I think feet pics somehow I'm like, yeah, let's get into it because it is truly like a specific People are jerking off thing. to them. You know what you I mean? Know? Like I'm selling them for people to jerk off to. So yeah. Is that not? Yeah, it's a good point. And then that also brings to the question of what is porn, you know? Yes. Like. I think we've like, we've talked about the definition of porn before. Let's like sort of require a sex act, you know, or like nudity at least. I don't even think 
a n- nude picture is porn, you know? Right. It's hard to say. It's but hard. Like, but also, like, if the intent, I guess, like, what's the artistic intent? You know, yeah. like, is it made to, like, make someone. Yeah. We're literally going to? back to, like, writing the essay at NYU where it's like, is it exactly. art? And, like, yeah. truly the only definition is, like, if the intention was that it's art, right. you know, as opposed to just, like, someone walking down the street and something weird happened. And also obscenity laws. Yes. You know, what is the artistic intent? Yes. And what a great segue into our topic. <gasps> yes. Which is... Well done. You see what I did Look there? Look at it go. Yeah. It's not my first rodeo. Which is <laughs> the golden age of porn. We're circling back. We're going to talk about some heavy fucking hitters today. Yeah. Because there's so many great incredible movies that were made throughout this period that deserve respect mm-hmm. and and recognition re- exactly exactly and recognition yeah and we haven't nearly scratched the surface and i wish we could do a golden age of porn episode every month where we just like maybe like focus and we watch the full length feature wouldn't that be cool that's not a bad idea yeah because yeah. i didn't even watch the full length i didn't watch entire features for this episode oh. we just focused on certain scenes i kind of felt you like watched I had, them. yeah i feel like i had to <laughs> i mean you sort did. of i skimmed through just because like i don't have a lot of free time but i did kind of because I, I i watched something and i'm like how did we get here you know <laughs> i yes. need to know yeah i relied on like the wikipedia yeah. summaries for mm-hmm. that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah but yeah the golden age of porn i mean we've talked about it a, a bunch before this time frame we did have stag movies mm-hmm. which were the films that were made in the early 20th century uh intended to be viewed at male gatherings or in brothels mm. male gatherings like a stag party that just like seems kind of fun to me male, you know? yeah male gathering is a funny term yeah so and performers would kind of like conceal their face they weren't like mm-hmm. you weren't you didn't want to be like a proud sex worker yeah like a fake mustache which was used in a free ride yes which was a stag film um, the earliest American hardcore pornographic movie. It was a, a motorist who picks up two women from the roadside and engages in several sex acts with them. Nice. It's a 1915 film. Gorgeous. I know. Early. To right? be clear, that is pre-Golden Age of Porn. Pre-Golden Age of Porn. Because the Golden Age is ushered in mm-hmm. probably by Andy Warhol, which yes. we've talked about. Uh, 1969. And then to 84 is sort of like the golden age of porn. And then there was like the first wave, which is like porno chic, which is like late mm-hmm. 1960s to the early 1970s. And then the second wave was like late 70s to early 80s. And late 70s, because that was after Miller v. California. Yes. Which was like the big Supreme Court obscenity law, which redefined obscenity, basically, saying mm-hmm. it lacked serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. It required us to have stories in our porn. Exactly. If we were going to make it legally. Uh Uh-huh. And what's crazy is, like, in sort of the verbiage around this, the the phrase community standards is used a lot. Community standards. Oh, that's when we came up with that. Crazy. That community standards... Goes back to the 70s. Goes back to the 70s and the obscenity laws. And we're still fucking fighting those community standards and community guidelines to this very fucking day. Yeah. Because they're evolving. You know? Like, we have to reestablish what the community is up for because the community evolves. Right. You know? But according to Instagram, it doesn't. Yeah. No, no. I also wanted to just talk about, like, porn theaters. Yeah. Because it's just a thing that doesn't exist anymore. And it was a huge part of the golden age of porn. Right. So California mm-hmm. was home to the first adult theaters in the U.S. Places like Hollywood Boulevard and Los Angeles, 
apparently like just immense density here. Like yes. by 1970, there were maybe 750 porn theaters. Crazy. The 1980s saw a boom of different chains like the Pussycat Theaters, which mm-hmm. is a chain that had 47 locations in California Crazy. from the 60s to the 80s. There was also a national fr- franchise of drive-in adult theaters mm. um, that started in Michigan in 1966. The Durand Dirties. Am I saying that right? Durand? Durand? Durand. Durand Dirties, mm-hmm. which, like, spread to specifically, like, depressed rural areas, like upstate New York and Alabama or, like, Arkansas. Mm. And there were, like, 70 in the nation by the mid-70s. The idea of a drive-in dirty theater hot. is actually delightful to me. Because I'm really like, because you're hot. in your car, you can, like, yeah. fuck. You can actually masturbate without I'm- being, like sitting next to someone, you know? It makes so much sense to me. I'm into it. Yeah. I wish that we had them today. Yeah. Also, some Times Square theaters that are long and forgotten, Mm -hmm. just to name some famous street corners. (laughs) (laughs) The Show World Center at 671 8th Ave was called the McDonald's of sex. Yeah. It was the crown jewel of the NYC sex industry. It opened its doors in 1975. And Richard Bassiano was the undisputed king of Times Square porn. Yeah. It had four floors, 22,000 square feet of retail space. It had books, live sex acts, in-store appearances, and then it had a rotating peep show. It was like a mall. It was like a sex mall. When did it close? I was trying to look this up. I'm on Google right now because it was definitely around when I moved to New York. Yeah. Well, Giuliani began a campaign to close porn emporiums in the late 90s. Yeah. Thanks to him, he shut down a lot. Yeah. New Mature World Theater, which was on 153 West 49th Street, is where Deep Throat premiered in June of 1972. Mm. After it opened, it attracted around like 5,000 patrons a week. They were all willing to slap down like $5, which is... About what would be like 30 bucks today. Wow. More than I would think, but I guess worth it. If that's like where you're getting your porn. Yeah, for sure. Also, I didn't know this. Okay. But the 55th Street Playhouse started showing this movie called Censorship in Denmark, A New Approach. Hmm. It was a documentary about how when pornography became legalized in Denmark, sex crimes decreased. And it was like a really, it was pretty popular. But, uh, you know, the assistant district attorney at that time, like, uh, had the theater manager arrested. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. And the presiding judge said that the film is patently offensive to most Americans because it affronts the contemporary community standards. Community standards. Relating to the description of representation of sexual matters. Yeah. But yeah, it was was a pretty popular documentary at the time. And now I'm like, I kind of want to watch it. Censorship in Denmark, a new approach. Okay. But it was basically like, it's more stimulating and cheaper than hormone injections. Pornography. Interesting comparison. I know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that like Denmark was on the forefront. That actually tracks tracks for me. Like some of those Scandinavian, some of Mm. those Scandinavian countries. The Nordic approach. Ahead of the curve. Mm Mm-hmm. To sex work. Yeah. Anything else to talk about or should we go into our fun little showdown twist? I like our showdown twist. I'm down to get right into it. Okay, cool. This idea came from Erica. Shout out to Erica, our intern, the best. Yeah. She came up with this idea of instead of doing a showdown, we would read funny taglines. We'd read the taglines to these porns because some of them are just golden. Which, like, tagline's 
like long and f- like long forgotten. Yeah. And like, yeah, you don't get a tag missed. on a porn anymore. Cause it's now in the internet format, which is like just a, barely a title. If that, you or know, taglines in general in movies. That's a good point. Yeah. Like occasionally you don't see you'll see anymore. You'll see them occasionally, but it's like few and far between. It's like yeah. one out of five billboards has a tagline on it. You know, I miss them. And like, that was always like a fun thing in trivia. It's like, what was this oh, tagline? Don't, I'm not in that oh, trivia. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I always feel like there's like a section of trivia where it's like, Name this famous movie to this tagline. Name its tagline. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Like, here's the tagline. What's the movie? And it's always like Jaws, Die Hard, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Haven't thought about it in ages. Wow, really? Miss a, miss a tagline, mm. you know? Same. Where'd they go? Well, they're right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start first. This is from the cheerleaders from 1973. Come and huddle with the cheerleaders. Straightforward. Nice. Yeah. Very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read Deep Throat. Okay. Because how could we leave it out? Yeah. How far does a girl have to go to untangle her tingle? Oh. Pretty good. I didn't know that. Pretty good. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, This is from Hungry Young Woman in 1970. Okay. You won't believe your eyes or your mouth. Mm, yes. You See know? what they did there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The Devil and Miss Jones, 1973. Uh-huh. If you have to go to hell, go for a reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah. Okay, this is from the Candy Stripers, 1978. Guaranteed to make your temperature rise. Nice. You know? Nice. Because they work in a hospital. Yeah. hmm Good. Like it. Mm-hmm. The Tale of Tiffany Lust, 1979. Yeah. A woman whose time has come. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm, yeah, see? We got there. Nine Lies of a Wet Pussy from 1976. Your erotic fantasies never went so far. <laughs> hey, you don't know me. <laughs> you know? It's a challenge. It's a dare. Certainly got you watching it because you're like, yeah, ha- hold on. Yeah, they have. <laughs> yeah. Let's see about that. Yeah. Next, I've got Sex Family Robinson, 1968. Did not know that there was a parody that dated back that far. That's just Blue Lagoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, This tagline is, they couldn't wait for the sun to go down. Oh. Why not just do it when the sun's up? And I was like, why are they waiting? You ever heard of the afternoon (laughs) Too hot? Yeah. Find a shady patch of leaves or something. Yeah. All right, last one for me. Okay. All Around Service, 1976. Extraordinary. Exceptional. Excellent. Triple X, you know. Cute. Yeah, Triple X. I see what they did there. Yeah. Last one for me, we'll talk about after the break. Mm-hmm. Debbie Does Dallas, 1978. Everyone on the team scores when her pom-poms fly. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine as far as taglines go. Yeah. Like, I think the movie's better than the tagline, Honestly, which I guess yes. is the way you want it. But, uh... Yeah, who was writing these? Yeah. More, more on this topic after, after the break. break. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Debbie Does Dallas! This is the first film we're going to talk about from 1978, written by Maria Menestra. Mm. Written by a woman and directed by Jim Who Clark. Knew? Starring Bambi Woods. Sold 50,000 copies on videotape. Yeah. Making it the most successful pornographic video release of its time. Yes. And this is the era of, this is second wave, second golden wave. age. So like uh-huh. we have videotapes. <laughs> Later 70s, yes. So what's uh, kind of fascinating about this, there were 12 further installments. 12? Yes. <laughs> no other pornographic film has been remade more than wow. Debbie Does Alice, which is kind of crazy. I do have a couple of those titles. Do you have oh. all of them? No, I don't, but go ahead and give them to me. I've got Debbie Does New Orleans, Debbie yeah. Does Wall Street, Debbie Does Dallas again, mm-hmm. and then a totally unrelated franchise, Debbie Does Dishes. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact about this, Bambi Woods actually tried out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders in real life, but was cut during yeah. auditions. yeah. Well, she got hers. I know. In another Some way. of the scenes okay. were shot at the Brooklyn College Athletic Fields. Oh, shot in Brooklyn. Shot in New York and the Pratt Institute Library in Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> without the administration's knowledge or approval. <laughs> I would have to assume. Yeah. That's pretty wild, actually. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. The Pratt Library. And then in 1983, um, there was a court case, the United States versus various articles of scene merchandise, found the film not to be obscene. Wow, that's I know impressive given yeah. what we're about to talk about. <laughs> and the 1986 publication of the Mies Report contained graphic depictions of the film's sex scenes and uncensored ex- excerpts of dialogue, which may have contributed to the report becoming a bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Ride those coattails, baby. Um, there was also an off-Broadway musical in 2002. Yes. Yes, which I was like, well, how did they do that? Um, a little synopsis. Basically, Debbie gets accepted to audition for the famous Texas Cowgirls cheerleading squad. And her co-teammates? Co- her teammates. Yeah. Her, her fellow <laughs> team. Her co-team? Her, her teammates. Yeah. She needs to get money to go and try out. And so... Her teammates are like, we'll help you raise money. They all get jobs. And they all kind of slowly start to realize that each of their jobs, that if they also have sex, they can earn extra money. So they all kind of like start 
doing sex work in order to like get money for her. Yeah. And they each get like kind of like interesting jobs. <laughs> One of them gets like a job at like a candle store and with Mr. and Mrs. Hardwick. And fun fact, Mrs. Hardwick, played by Robin Bird. Yeah. Who ends up having the Robin Bird show in New York City. As you may be aware. Anyone born and raised in New York ever watched that show. Another one gets a girly gets a job at the record store. Someone works in the library. And there's a lot of sex in this movie. And honestly... The sex is good. The sex is hot. Yeah. It's fun to watch. I love golden age of porn. I love vintage porn because it's it's fun to see like how we've progressed in terms yes. of sex acts. You yes. know? Like, like watching what a blowjob. Yes, was. exactly. That's exactly. I knew you were gonna talk about the same thing that like yeah. it's almost like, ah, like nobody knew how to give a blowjob back in the day. Yeah. But it's that the like technology has advanced, you know, like we've got new tactics. We're using both hands, we're choking right. on it, we're slobbering we're, all over it. Yes, we're Whereas, covering like, it in spit. Yeah. Yeah. In that era, it was like we're just delicately lapping at a popsicle, mm-hmm. you know, like it's yeah. very it seems like tentative almost, or mm-hmm. like we're gonna swirl our tongue around you know nothing was like very rough or hardcore it was just sort of like it just feels very sweet and like yeah natural and and just like nice sex it's less olympic (laughs) it's less athletic you're like this is just no one's out here trying to like push the boundaries or push the envelope yeah and i'm fine with that frankly yeah so the scene we'll talk about is debbie gets a job at mr greenfield's sporting goods store and earlier on in the movie, he kind of, like, he offers her $10 to, like, see her tits. He gives her 10 more to touch him. He gives her 20 if he can just suck on him. And then he's like, you know, I will give you all the money you need and for your friends to go and audition and for, like, hotel accommodations and everything if you, like, come to the store after hours in your cheerleading uniform. And so she does. And this is towards the end of the film. Hmm. She shows up to the sporting goods store in her little outfit. You know, like, I'm here just as you wanted, Mr. Greenfield. (laughs) And he goes on the intercom, like, lock the the doors and come up to the mezzanine. (laughs) (laughs) And he hops out from behind the curtain and he's dressed up in, like, a Joe Namath. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Classic football attire. Yes, football attire. And he's like, I've always had this fantasy of being, like, the captain of the football team and, like, hooking up with, like, the the captain of the cheerleading squad. And I was like, oh, my God, if this doesn't just, like, reek of, like, hometown heroes, you know what I mean? Like, people who never... It's so Americana. It's so nostalgic. It's so, like... People whose lives Unfulfilled fantasies. Yes, yes. Who, like, that's all they can think about were, like, the glory days of high school. Yeah. Um, And then we get this kind of, like, creepy slash sweet moment of, like, him, like, chasing her around the store. Slightly creepy. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, Mr. Greenfeld. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he, like, lays her down on, like, sort of, like, a... Yeah, what do you call those? Like a a bench that you would bench press from. So I guess it's a bench. bench. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's not... It's, like, at 45 degrees. It's not, like, all the way down. And he, like, undoes her top, and he's like, God, how long I've waited. And she's, like, so shocked at, like, how big he is. Mm -hmm. And he takes, you know, he's, like, goes down on her. And I do have to say, I really appreciated how much he, like, played with her clit, you know? Like, we got some, like, really nice finger hand action, which Mm -hmm. I appreciated. Yeah. 
And he like picks her up and he's like, oh my God, you're so strong. And he goes, well, I eat my Wheaties. <laughs> and I was like, we- Wheaties did not sponsor this you know, movie. Your- yeah, yeah. They didn't give you permission to use yeah. their name. It's just a funny little joke. And but- they they do like a lot of different positions. I have to say, like, I was like, okay, wow, we're like getting into some, you know, we- we've got missionary. We've got her on top. We've got doggy. And... Like, she really kind of, like, moans and really, like, is enjoying it in a way. Mm -hmm. And also, there's something interesting about the 70s, too, where, like, they're, like, there's sort of, like, a grimacing with the women in a way that I liked. You you were into that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, like, the need to be, like, kind of pretty. Oh, I see. I see what you're into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about with, like, this one and with the, with Behind the Green Door, which we'll get to next. We're, like, yeah. It walks a line, you know, it has a, mm-hmm. it has a hint of dubious consent, right? Where it's yes. like, she's maybe not all the way into it. Yeah. And is that part of what, what's adding to the tension, you know? Mm-hmm. It's also kind of realistic because like a lot of yeah. times there's like grimacing ahead of or around an orgasm. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I'm, my brow is furrowed the whole time I'm having sex, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, people are probably like, why is she mad? Yeah, like what I'm are like, you like reading across the room? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, concentrated. Because <laughs> sex is serious. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then we get her, we get a very long, sustained sort of like meat shot of mm. her on top and just like penetration. Also, obviously so much body hair, which I like. Yeah. And he also kind of like spreads her ass cheeks in a way and his fingers kind of get close to her asshole, which I really liked. But- because I also like that feeling yeah you yeah know? i like that too but again it's like it's of, an, of a time you know so it's like kind right. of getting close but it's not right full like it's it's sort of still like skimming that's the naughty. surface yeah, like oh it's not even, even like get close to her butt let alone yeah. like penetrate it you know mm-hmm. and then they're like on the wrestling mats and then he like fucks her and he says like come baby which i was like oh that's sweet you yeah. know yeah he also like has some he has a pretty good bot Got some moves, Mr. Greenfield. too. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Greenfield brought it. Yeah, yeah. And he, she's, like, screaming, which I thought was funny. It was, like, how she orgasms. Yeah. And he, like, pulls out and comes on her. And then there's applause. <laughs> and it says, touchdown for Greenfield. <laughs> Score one for Debbie. Loved. Sweet. Absolutely loved. Just tongue-in-cheek, you yeah. know, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> A great film. There's something just very sweet about it, you know? Like, yes. The conceit is like something that porn has turned into a trope many times over Mm -hmm. since then of like, she needs money. Mm -hmm. Like, what what are the circumstances that allow us to suspend our disbelief so that she's we're getting to do all this wild sex stuff, you know? Yeah. But it's it's so interesting that like the whole journey is like yeah fuck it you can suck my tits you know like you sort of like Mm -hmm. slowly get to the thing right like they did a couple things where like he what after he laid her down on the bench where like she's kind of like caressing him and kissing him and like Mm -hmm. feels into it as opposed to just like resisting it the whole time which i think is a huge selling point that like we want to believe that she's having fun too that she's even under that especially for me yeah especially Yeah. yeah i think it's important yeah there's this kind of a weird you wouldn't see this now, but like earlier on in the film where she's like, this is moving a little too fast for me, Mr. Greenfeld. 
which I was like, no one really wants to see that because everyone wants to feel safe, you know, when they watch <laughs> yeah. porn. Yeah. But yeah, this was, again, it's like porn is fantasy. It's not reality. So like, this is like a script that's written. You mm-hmm. kind of have to remind yourself that. Yeah. But there were some, definitely, there's some other great scenes in this movie, like when they go to the record store and like the girls like suck this guy's dick together at the record store. I love that scene. <laughs> I just like, I like Golden Age of Porn because like the guys look like regular guys, you know? Yeah. They got like shaggy hair. They got like lean bodies. Yeah. Like, they got body hot. hair. They're not like yeah. perfectly shaved and like naked little baby seals, right. you know? They're, you know, no one's on steroids. Just slightly more natural. Yeah. yeah. And the dicks aren't like, as insane, you know? Yeah. Still big, but not crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Everyone should see it if you haven't seen it. It's a classic. It's a staple, you know? It's truly a staple. There's also, like, a little bit of, like, a Lystrata moment at the beginning where, like, the girls are, like, refusing to have sex with the their boyfriends on the football team. Oh. And, like, that's why they're, like, fucking everyone else, which is kind of fun. <laughs> that is fun. And then there's also, like, an orgy in the very beginning with, like, them in the shower with like the football players why not you know yeah just lots of sex there's endless sex bring back the full length feature yeah film. that's what's great <laughs> about a feature is that like you can watch the whole thing and they be like oh we're having sex yeah. and see what turns you on the most and let it's like mm-hmm. a five course meal as opposed to right stuffing your face for five minutes you know yes i love it should we talk about behind the green door we certainly should So this is one of another heavy hitter. This was like one of the very first in the first wave of the porno chic era. Mm -hmm. This is from 1972. It actually screened at Cannes Film Festival, Oh, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. It's based on a short story by Elliot Wax, directed by the Mitchell Brothers. Who had their own, like they had the O'Farrell Theater in San Francisco and Mm -hmm. were famously killed each other um, and inspired elements of Boogie Nights. Crazy. Yeah. So Marilyn Chambers is the star of this film. And even though she's the star, she doesn't say a single word. (laughs) (laughs) And then she became a mainstream celebrity, which is also fascinating given that she didn't speak in this this movie. And the movie made her a star, but she was an unknown at the time. But right before the movie's release, she was the ivory soap girl. She was a model for the ivory snow soap and detergent packaging. And she was holding a baby on it. Perfect. And then she did this movie. So this is 1972. This like also yes. majorly ushers in the yes. actual like golden age of porn. And, and this is sort the size of, of its reach. This is much more experimental. This doesn't really the the storyline is pretty straightforward. Well, it's I mean the concept is is basically we're following this girl. She happens to be at a cafe with these two rich guys. Later on, we follow the girl. She gets abducted and she gets brought to this place. Yeah. That ends up being a sex club where, like, the two rich guys go to watch, like, erotic theater, to, like, watch, like, a show. Yeah. She gets abducted. She gets laid down and sort of, like, eased into submission, basically. Uh-huh. And the green door is on the stage, and she gets let out of this green door. She's in a white dress, and she's, you know, there's, like, a voiceover in the show that says, like, no harm will come. She will be set free. Um, you may even recognize one of your uh, your friends in the role of the victim, but you've been sworn to observe in silence. You are powerless to stop this. Yeah, it sets up a premise that's really interesting. Again, this is really yes. dubious consent. I mean, there's not consent. Yes. The idea is like we've abducted this person and and it kind of uses sort of like Stockholm Syndrome-esque, like, no, like she's going to yeah. be into it because we have like yeah. wooed her into submission. They also say something in that little preamble before the sex show that is like... yeah. 
there's no way of doing this in real life, but what they tell yes. us is like, she'll be released back and like, she'll be returned home safely. To wild. And yeah. all she'll remember is like having been loved, like having like a blissful yes. dream basically. Mm-hmm. So they kind of mm-hmm. set it up to like give us permission yeah. to enjoy a scenario where mm-hmm. she's kind of bewildered. Like she doesn't, she's kind of disoriented maybe is what I yes. mean. Yes. And, and we're kind of just like, doing things to her that she would otherwise maybe Not, be resistant yeah. to, but she, like, gets into. So, like, yes. the premise is smart in that it's, like, it's not really consent, but we're giving permission to the audience to watch it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then the arc of her sex acts over the course of this scene is, like, yeah. that she really gives into it and really likes yeah. it, clearly, you know? And this sort of, like, virginal sacrifice thing, you see a lot. Like, it's a kind of, like, a f- trope. Like, I just remember in interview with a vampire mm. do you remember this this moment when they go yeah. to spain and they go to antonio banderas this like vampire club yeah and they bring like a girl out like a virginal girl in like the white dress and like, yes everyone's sitting and watching you mm-hmm. know yeah that's sort of like it's a, and it's it's classic a weird structure it's, like it's a, it is yeah like a virginal sacrifice and it's weirdly hot to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me more. Like, I was like, why has no one... Like, I was like, oh, when I went to that sex party, I was like, and there's erotic theater. Like, I was like, I hope that there's some sort of, like, fake, like... Virginal. CNC, yeah, yeah. you know, like, consensual non-consent, like, yeah. show. I, I was like, or I would love to be, pretend to be, like, the virgin and be like, let me go, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Like, that's... Fun it's to taboo, me, which is and weird. yeah, and yeah. the consensual yeah. non-consent like is what makes it of hot. it all. Like yes. the arc of like the resistance into ooh, I actually like this. Yeah, is definitely something that like does it something for me too. I get it. Yeah, get it. Yeah, like I was like, oh, my exhibitionist and rape fantasy like coming together in one. Mm, you know, we're okay. like, I yeah. would love to be the center of attention. The and virginal then also, sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so but anyways, back to this film. So she's in a white dress and then there's like six women in black dresses that like bring her out on stage and everyone's in masks. The audience is in masks and they're yeah. all in their like dressed to the nines and mm-hmm. they're watching the show and they kind of caress her body. They rip her dress off. They like, there's one woman going down on her while everyone else is sort of kissing her and like touching her body in a way. And I was like, yeah, this is hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into this. Yeah, I got it. Like, I liked the... She was, it was just, like, hands everywhere. Like, she was sort of the central Mm -hmm. event, you know? And I love the idea of her being just sort of, like, overwhelmed by the stimulus of, like, people, like, touching and kissing her and, like, caressing her. Overcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there is something about, like, the film of it all. Like, there's something Mm -hmm. extra sensual about sensation when you're watching it on film. You know, like, her body looks, like, incredibly, like, supple and, like... Yes. It's lit in a way... Like, when everyone's in Uh black and she's naked, like, her skin is, like, luminous. You know? Like, she sort of, like, lights up and then there's just, like, hands Mm -hmm. all over her. Like, it was really striking. Yeah. And then they do something that's obviously very charged. Like, this was the first U.S. feature-length heterosexual hardcore film... Yes. ...to include an interracial sex scene. Uh Uh-huh. And they're Mm -hmm. doing it in a very, like deliberate way like they have right. this man come out yeah. he's wearing like what feels like ritualistic garb like he has like yeah, these white pants on that have like the crotch missing right. you know like mm-hmm. where like his crotch is on display and of course they put him in some sort of like yeah like a hint of like jungle. tribal yeah. yes they're leaning into to use a problematic term yeah. like jungle fever which was like a very charged in the 70s racial yeah. thing like dynamic at the time mm-hmm. and 
so he starts going down on her, which I loved that we started there because it's for yeah. me that feels slightly less like objectifying to yes. him. Yes. And it's more speaks more to like, does this man possess special skills? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like he's good. Yeah. 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 And he like goes to town mm-hmm. and then they fuck. And yeah. Again, they're like leaning into potentially def I mean, definitely problematic racial yeah. dynamics here. Yeah. But they're like yeah, leaning into, like, the fetishizing of him. And, like, they have, like, drums playing as, like, the sex uh-huh. speeds yeah. up. And he's got, like, face paint that's yes. sort of, like, suggestive. And mm-hmm. it did feel, like, very, like, sensual connected sex, though. Like, she was, like, had her arms wrapped around him in a way. And they were kissing where it wasn't just, like, it felt sensual and connected. And her arms were wrapped around him and they were kissing in a way that made it feel not, like, disconnected, you know? Yeah, it was interesting the way that they played it because, obviously, Mm -hmm. they're leaning into the taboo. They're being like, oh, this... Like, they're leaning into the narrative that this is a scary man, frankly. Like, they're leaning into those racial dynamics, but they take it to a place where she's, like, very, like, sensually, like, touching his face and, like, looking at him and kissing him. Like, they do the thing where she kind of gives in Uh and sees this person and connects with him and it becomes very sensuous and intimate as opposed to like Mm -hmm. let's bring in the black guy to rape the white woman right you know what i mean like it takes a turn where it like that i think is effective that it's like this is actually just quite hot you know and the sex is like hot to watch they're enjoying themselves right yeah so it just it's an it's a really interesting thing to watch now to look back Mm -hmm. at and be like obviously they're poking at something they're leveraging racism. Like, yeah. they're presenting this man as scary. Right. And we've talked about that on the show. And, like, black men is, like, monstrous and, like, right. this sort of scary thing. But it's interesting that they frame it as, like, kind of ritualistic and taboo, mm-hmm. but then take it to this very sensual, connected place. And she has, right. she has, does some of that, like, grimacing where she's kind of, like, resisting the thing. And she's kind of, like, mm-hmm. shaking her head back and forth. Like, she doesn't want to come. Right. But she does. And it's, like, yeah. giving and in she, like, to this, like, expired. delicious thing. <laughs> yes. And then she just yeah. passes out, essentially. Simply, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then, did you watch the rest of the film or no? I did not, no. Okay. So, I mean, I kept watching because I needed to know what happened. But this this trapeze sort of Oh, I did see that much. From the sky. Yes. This, like, apparatus. Yeah, this, like, trifecta of trapezes. And a bunch, and basically our main male performer and some other male performers in white crotchless pants, like, go into this thing and, like, our legs open. And then Marilyn Chambers is, like, brought over to them. And she basically is, like, getting fucked from below while sucking, like, three dicks Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And it was fascinating to watch. And like, and then of course at this moment, like uh, all the audience members are now masturbating. Everyone's having yes. a Yes. Oh yeah. We should mention that like the audience members have just gotten into it and are touching yes. themselves and we're <laughs> getting all kinds of like random meat shots of masturbation and from the audience. And then we get like a seven minute slow motion cum shot. That's like a psychedelic, crazy, experimental Love it. sequence. Love it. Yeah. yeah. It's really wild yeah and i was like of course this was filmed at like a fucking film festival in france you know like yeah people were like this is high art yeah i was surprised at this i thought this was gonna i didn't know it was gonna be so it's elevated it's doing yeah. it's doing things that i had no idea yeah i thought for sure it was gonna be more like schlocky like debbie does dallas s yes you know yeah a we little bit need more a like line yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's doing, it's, it's hints of eyes wide shut. Yes. It's leaning into kink culture. It's mm-hmm. poking at taboo. Yeah. It is artistic in that sense. Right. You know? They were definitely trying something. Yeah. Which I appreciated. And I was like, yeah, this is like. Yeah, which you wouldn't really like expect from the Mitchell yeah. brothers who yeah. just ran like nudie theaters and committed murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I was, I, I was like, wow, this is, I love. Yeah. Happy that we we got to watch these. And now I'm like, I want to like watch everything from the golden age of porn. Just I did too. Like it's, it makes, it's, it scratches a different itch. Yeah. Does. I like want to like sit down at the end of the night and just like watch a feature length porn. Yeah. You know? It's good to like know your roots, like where everything came from. You yeah. Know? Yeah. For sure. Both of these honestly like turned me on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like. I miss this kind of porn because yeah. I almost find like the the more stimulating, like excessively athletic stuff, like desensitizing, yeah. you know? Yeah. This was like, yeah, it kind of like, oh, wow, I forgot about this kind of porn, you know? Yeah. It builds tension in a different way, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. it kind of teases mm-hmm. and tantalizes in a way that builds that's, that can be really lovely. Behind the green door got me there for sure. I jerked yeah. off to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I haven't yet, but it's. It is in the bank. And I will be and I will be circling back to Debbie Dust Dallas. <laughs> Great. I support it. I support uh, it. Well, thank you so much for listening to Girls on Porn. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Girls on Pern. That's porn without the O. On our Twitter at GOP the Podcast. On our YouTube at youtube.com slash at Girls on Pern, porn without the O. On our website at girlsonporn.com and also on our Patreon, patreon.com slash girls on porn. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you want to leave us a cheeky little five-star review, which we genuinely appreciate, you can always drop your Instagram handle in case you want a public thank you. This has been Girls on Porn, the only GOP that's actually any good. That was a HeadGum Podcast.